You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Gary Barocco, Director of Global Product Marketing for Amber Road. juggernaut of online shopping has resulted in rising consumer demand, which has led to rising transportation costs. This demand chain focus means that shippers have to better manage an already complex supply chain by turning to new digital tools to monitor key data like multi-mode freight rate visibility and make more precise cost-based decisions. Gary Baracco of Amber Road sits down with us to share some ideas on where shippers should be looking to create efficiencies in their supply chain. Joining us once again on the Inbound Logistics Podcast, podcast veteran Gary Baracco. Gary, thank you so much for coming back to the Inbound Logistics Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jeff. (laughs) Gary, uh, as always, uh, we get new listeners every day. Can we get an introduction again to you and your role at Amber Road? Well, I'm the product evangelist here at Amber Road. And as a provider of cloud-based global trade management software and trade content and training, Our mission is to transform the way companies are conducting global trade in crazy environment. Uh, We do this uh, for companies all over the world by creating value through their supply chain. And we look to improve margins and achieve greater agility and and lower risk as they're conducting international business. Uh, We do this by creating a digital model of the supply chain And that is collaboration between the buyers and the sellers and the logistics companies and all of those parties that are part of that ecosystem. And in my role at the company, I'm responsible for the product messaging and thought leadership content for all our marketing initiatives. Now, it's really important to understand, though, that the product footprint is so broad that it covers all of the aspects of sourcing and production and transportation and cross-border trade and duty management functionality for global companies. Now, our topic today is hitting on a few of these areas, but our software covers all of them in one. Great. And uh, speaking about one of those topics, transportation, uh, the rising cost of transportation rates is is top of mind for a lot of shippers today. How much of a rise are we talking about, and where is it impacting shippers the most? Yeah, I've been tracking this for the last few years now, but we've had this wild upswing of online shopping that's led to some positive modifications related to the economy. Things are good here in the U.S. and almost worldwide, but the cost to serve and the ability to meet customers' demands is really taking a hit on that timeline. So this strong economy, we've got these higher fuel rates, we've got on-driver shortages that are keeping capacity tight, and as well as capacity at ocean, rail, and truck shipments. So first in the ocean industry, you know, we had all this consolidation and turmoil a few years ago. We thought things were starting to right themselves. But shippers are still aggravated with some issues, Jeff. There's, you know, that that carrier consolidation really rattled the industry, and we've seen this ebb and flow of demand that's leading to capacity issues for some trade lanes. I did an evaluation for my year-end report, and we've seen rate fluctuations that are very dramatic. For instance, if you were to uh, ship a container um, trans-Pacific um, from Shanghai to LA, we've seen you know a drop in those shipments, and from New York, respectively, but the cost of moving goods 
from Asia to Europe is up over the last year. So it's really, in contrast, we see from China to North Europe, they're up 6%, and then back to the U.S., they're down. So depending on where you're shipping goods, we're seeing these fluctuations. But in general, average spot rates are going up globally. Um, I pulled a November report, and um, and it quotes that the movement of a 40-foot dry container uh, right now, let's say it's $1,600. That's up 3% from past weeks and up 33% from the same period last year. So we're seeing this shift, and it really is related to the China trade tariffs, because here in the U.S., we're trying to bulk up. Uh, retailers are trying to bulk up and get all their advanced shipments in before the January tariff increase. So, you know, the, the rates are kind of at this peak season, and that leads to capacity issues. So that's the first aspect of our shipping is, is our ocean carrier. Now, once the goods make it to the port in the U.S., there's the rising transportation costs that, that just continue. So we've talked about the U.S. being played with this driver shortage uh, because of the, the age fall off. You know, dr typically drivers retire at a certain point. We, it all kind of happened to culminate at the same time. Layer on top of that, the new federal trucking regulations and then higher fuel costs. So diesel right now is sitting at its three-year high. So trucking companies are increasing their prices and that kind of feeds into margins. So there's this calamity of issues that are all coming together to create this quiet storm per se. Mm. So is it fair to say then that the rising transportation costs are directly impacting that capacity crunch that shippers are experiencing now? Yeah, for sure. Transportation costs are growing as a result of these new reporting requirements. And I listened to a briefing the other day. Not only is it the driver logs, the ETL that we're talking about, where, you know, but additionally, drivers are asking for higher pay because they know they're in demand. And, and that wasn't always true, right? So uh, driving truck wasn't the best business. But today it really is. There's also this new focus on driver safety. Drivers are required to meet drug testing standards, for instance, and unfortunately that comes with a price tag. If you want someone who's drug-free, then that comes with at an additional cost. Those expenses are expected to grow as demand increases as the holiday season arrives. Um, we're looking at that last mile shipment and um, anything coming over you know, for the last minute rush. This is because of the increased consumer spend, and that's driving the surge in demand, which then leads to shipping capacity, especially for e-commerce companies. So capacity issues aren't just a problem on the road. Companies are also having a difficult time getting enough freight rail cars to haul their goods, and that leads to even more delays and higher costs. So I, I looked at some Bloomberg reports lately. Um, they, they're saying driver demand and rates are expected to continue to climb through the, the new year. So it's not just a holiday season thing. And they're reporting that these rates are doubling, yet the service, especially for, for freight and rail, are declining. So it's not always the best way to move goods if you're trying to ensure that they're faster. And, and they're looking at things called dwell and velocity, the speed that the train's going and how long they're held up. 
Um, if you've ever ridden the Amtrak on the Northeast, you know what I'm talking about. Right. But while, you know, some of the railroads are responding and they're trying to, to pull out more cars out of storage and hire more more drivers, but others really don't have a plan to increase capacity. I got to think that that's not easy to do either, right? You don't just find more railroad guys. So freight industry executives are really cautioning their customers at this point to expect, you know, some price increases for shipping this year. Yeah. At at the macro level, what is the major factor that precipitated this whole situation? It's all consumer demand. Um, and, And actually, we're at that fourth industrial revolution. And so uh, I, I'm writing a piece about this now for the new year. But when we look at that fourth industrial revolution, it hinges around computing and especially mobile computing, because now with the advent of the Internet and the ability to put technology in people's hands, consumer demand is driving business practices and it's guiding supply chain movement more than ever before. So the success for retail and consumer goods manufacturing has created this new world order, and it boils down to these six guiding principles. Now, interestingly enough, these six guiding principles have have always been part of a supply chain, but they're even more important. And typically, they're called the R's of a supply chain, Um, and I'm not being a pirate. Um, so we have the we have the right products. So we have the rights, right? All of these R's, the right products at the right price, in the right place, during the right time, with the right compliance, both trade compliance and product safety re- requirements, made by the right suppliers, and that means that they're ethically sourced at the right quantity. So. All of these R's are in place, and to hit all of the rights on target, chief supply chain officers have to address each of the functional areas within the supply chain, because you have to think there's product supplier, uh, trade compliance, import compliance, um, timing, uh, quantities, all of that is part of the mix now, and you need to ensure that the optimal performance is there. So it's almost like baking a cake and if you're doing that from scratch, you have to know how much uh, baking soda and how much yeast goes in or it's not going to rise. But consumer demand is really focusing, forcing supply chains to undergo this transformation. And it's kind of superseding all of the imperatives about digitization because we're shifting from a product-focused supply chain to a consumer-centric supply chain. Mm. And this is the demanding, fickle consumer that now has more say in these rights that we are trying to aim for. And so I take it a step further, and I say that you know there's a dynamic that's changing the metrics of supply chain execution to not just focus on the rights, but also on the mores. So let me tell you what the mores are. More speed to market, which means shipping times have gone from weeks to days. More agile processes, right? Planning, production, shipping processes have to be nimble enough to flex with the ebb and flow of demand. More granular data. So product data needs to be down to the skew, the size and color in some cases. At every stage of the life cycle, I need to know product data down to the skew. And I need more accurate tracking. 
So that in-transit visibility from the first to the last mile are vital to my KPIs. So we've created the, the, the ingredients here for the rights to all come in place, and now we're layering on the mores. It's not an easy time to be a supply chain guy. <laughs> yeah, let's expand on that a little bit because you said that consumer demands forcing supply chains to undergo that transformation. How drastic a transformation are we talking about? What what is that impact that's kind of forcing the shippers' hands? Well, this disruptive effect that we have now termed the Amazon effect with a capital E on effect, it really has its own term. Um has put two key strains on supply chain professionals, and that's really to ensure delivery availability across a broader network of distribution points. And I'm just simply amazed because I'm an Amazon guy, and I love to shop on Amazon. Um, and I might get a shipment every day, every other day. And I'm amazed how quickly they can find my product across this massive network and get it to the distribution point closest to my home. And they can get that product to me and all the other consumers in days, if not less, right? Some, some regions, we can get it that same day. And that effect really bears down on every step of the shipment process to ensure reliability and accuracy. And smart logisticians are really orchestrating the fastest and cheapest means of moving goods from factory to consumer. But I got to say, it's, once again, it's not simple. In 2017, we did a study, and 58% of shippers then said their highest concern was rising transportation rates. And, and we've seen them rise since then. They've continued to go up much higher than in the past, and much of it is blamed on this home delivery promise that's made by e-commerce marketplaces and consumer expectations. So this year especially, I think the industry is realizing the, the greater cost of online sales, and not just for the initial sale, but also for the returns, which is another part of my amazing Amazon process is, well, you're going to take this back and not charge me? And I, I don't get it. Um, but for shippers, you're managing every stage of the shipment over the ocean and last mile, and it can be extremely complex. And even some large companies are struggling with these distribution channels and all of this cost that comes with it. And that just leads to visibility and accuracy of rates. Um, you know, it makes visibility tougher, and rate accuracy becomes more critical um, to manage your cost. And sometimes that's missing. So, you know, we, we need to pull in other data and we need to look when we're doing a shipment booking, we need to look at this differently and look at it from that first mile to the last mile. Okay. So how are smart shippers then responding to these changes? Again, managing global trade and global supply chains is unpredictable, right? We don't know what's going to happen next. We've got this trade environment that's tougher than it ever has been. But there are new digital supply chain tools, and the job is getting easier because we're getting smarter. So uh, for multi-rate visibility, for instance, I mentioned that how important it is to understand everything, whether it's from the first mile to the last mile, whether it be on ocean, rail, or truck. So we need multi-mode freight rate visibility, right? So in particular, at Amber Road, we've augmented um, that's our system with this world-class contract and rate management capabilities. And what this does is encompass all of the shipment modes and the different types. 
Um, and the capabilities help shippers make a precise cost-based decision for those multi-mode deliveries. Um, and that's what we're seeing in today's e-commerce scenarios. You know, I, I in, in my 2019 predictions, I'm publishing uh, a section that talks about drop shipment direct from the supplier. And if we have so many of these, how are we managing them? But even with a container full or a single shipment, we need to start with the supplier, typically in another country. We need to ocean that over. We might air some of it over. We need to pick up by rail or truck, and we need to get back to the distribution centers and then out to our distribution points or to the consumer directly. This is the mode we need to look at, and we need to, you know, if I typically I explain this by you're going on a trip, Jeff, and you're going to log into a, a portal like Expedia.com, and you know that you're going to need to take an airplane, a train, and a bus to get to your location. And so you could do that on a, an online portal like uh, Expedia.com. The same thing can happen in the Amber Road platform. So for the first time, companies really then can access this single, collective, non-siloed trade management solution that captures every kind of supply chain or trade data available and then provides robust analytics capabilities so that you can make better, faster decisions. But at the same time, it enables collaboration with all of your trading parties that just wasn't possible before. And there are certain instances where we can also automate tasks that previously see, that, that in the past would have consumed valuable labor resources. So it's all about doing your job in a more intelligent manner, managing risk, anticipating what's likely to come at your supply chain from any source or direction, and have the ability to make those decisions on the fly and be more agile. But it's also about uh, controlling or cutting costs because of that fickle consumer. So the whole point is to preserve and and better yet, build profitability. Okay. So we talked a lot about shippers relying on visibility to get a, a better handle on the supply chain and create efficiencies wherever they can. But how are shippers able to do this better? Yeah, the visibility is always something, and it's always a discussion as to what's your definition of visibility. Is it only when the goods are in transit? But we truly believe that visibility starts early on in the supply chain. We provide visibility to the raw material order when the factory is ordering it from that provider. Um, what's happening during production at the factory. So visibility is the most important feature of any smooth-running supply chain. And this is that full visibility. But you also need the capability to control the supply chain from your vantage point. So this control tower technology that a lot of providers talk about needs to utilize extensive digital data, right? It needs to come from many different parties, and it comes in different ways. And it allows you to see your full supply chain picture and equip you with the tools to act immediately upon any of those data points. You know, you, you really can't manage every aspect of your supply chain. You can only manage by exception what's going wrong. And once you see what's going wrong, you can then take action. Um, supply chains are really prime candidates, though, for the Internet of Things applications that we're hearing so much about and that are, are starting to, to pervade the supply chains because 
supply chains have so many moving parts, literally. So you've got suppliers and brokers and carriers and drivers and all of these other third parties that have a hand in your supply chain, and you need to collaborate with them, but you need data to do that. So you need technology to tie all of the disparate parts of the supply chain, and, and IoT applications can actually bring them together to create an information ecosystem that benefits everyone. It's not just for you, the shipper, the brand owner. It would benefit the supplier and the broker and the carrier to have advanced notification and provide real-time information that feeds into all of the areas of the supply chain. So truly leveraging modern technology that provides comprehensive multimodal data in a consolidated platform is where it's at, at least for today's ecosystem. And with this new level of end-to-end -end visibility through IoT and other data integration, you can instantly access information that's necessary and, and provide the highest level of customer satisfaction. So I think in a nutshell, that's where supply chains need to be in order to remain competitive. Okay, as always, Gary Baraka, great information. Point us to where our audience can go for more information about Amber Road. Uh, we've got an extensive library of information at www.amberroad.com and certainly look for some of the newest reports we have coming out on 2019 predictions and trade trends that are going to impact the industry. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming by. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.